0: Welcome into TYT's Indisputable. It is Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Ritchie, and I'm excited to be here with you today because we have so much to cover. But I'm also very excited to be joined by Mr. John Iderola, host of the Damage Report. Thanks for joining us, John, because I know you just served up a whole lot of progressive news.
1: I did, I did. I'm happy to be here. Obviously, you know, considering the circumstances and everything, but it's always good to talk news with you.
0: Absolutely, yes, and so we have plenty of news to talk about, particularly from the unfortunate shooting this past, what, Monday, Tuesday? It seems like there's a shooting just about every day. And so as that aftermath of the elementary school massacre in Uvalde, Texas, as it continues to unfold, what we are now focusing on is law enforcement's response. Or lack thereof. We have new footage that's emerged during the attack that really shows that there were a lot of frustrated onlookers, parents, and members of the community urging police officers to charge into that Texas elementary school where the gunman's rampage killed 19 children and two teachers. Now, watch this footage here.
2: Okay. She's not good yet, she's not good. D- good. D- good. D- good.
0: those harrowing screams from people wanting to get to their children. As you can imagine that this would be a, a very innate human response to wanna rescue your child. And it's an utterly heartbreaking scene outside of that school. But the thing is that we saw that the officers were preventing people from entering the building and that was very difficult for them to watch, especially because the officers they had out their tasers and some of them as you saw had their guns on display. And they were ready to stop the parents from saving their own children. as we see in the picture there, and it really also does appear that one of the officers also had a parent pinned to the ground. This is what we know from the AP news, go in there, go in there. Nearby woman shouted at the officer soon after the attack began, said Juan Carranza, 24 years old who saw the scene from outside his house across the street from Robb Elementary School in the close knit town of Uvalde Carranza said the officers did not go in. Javier Cesares, whose fourth grade daughter Jacqueline Cesares was killed in the attack said that he raced to the school when he heard about the shooting arriving when while police were still gathered outside the building. And upset that police weren't moving in. He raised the idea of charging into the school with several other bystanders. Let's just rush in because the cops aren't doing anything like they are supposed to. He said, more could have been done. They were unprepared, he added. And minutes later, Carranza had watched as Salvador Ramos, the shooter crashed his truck into a ditch outside the school. Grabbed his AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle and shot at two people outside a nearby funeral home who ran away uninjured. Now, Carranza said that the officers should have entered sooner. Adding there were more of them, there was just one of him. Now officials say that Ramos encountered a school district security officer outside the school, though there were conflicting reports from authorities on whether the men exchanged gunfire. After running inside, he fired on two arriving Uvalde police officers who were outside the building, said the Texas Department of Public Safety spokesperson, Travis Considine. The police officers were injured. And we also know that 19 children were murdered here and two teachers. And so there are so many questions here in terms of why law enforcement did not enter that building, why they did not do anything for approximately 40 minutes. Especially as we now know definitely that 40% of that city's budget is going to law enforcement. And so there's so many questions about what wasn't done and why wasn't it done. John, how does this sit with you?
1: Uh, you know, it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. I mean, I, I can I could hear it in your voice coming out of that video, like like listening to those parents. And, you know, because we're not hard right wingers, you can't watch a video like that and not mentally cast yourself into their their position and think about how they must be feeling, listening to gunshots and wondering if your child just died, wondering why nothing is happening as minute after minute after minute goes by, wishing that you could run in there to save your own kids. And and we're finding out now, uh, apparently from one of the officials in the area that when some of the cops finally did go in, some of them went specifically to get their own kids from inside. So they seem to understand where the parents are coming from, the desire to make sure that your child is safe. Um, and yet, they they weren't rushing in. They were apparently, I think, understandably terrified of going up against someone who is wielding such a deadly weapon. The issue is, though, that's the job that you sign up for. We all have things about our jobs that we don't like. I personally, I don't like covering stories like this. It makes me feel terrible for humanity, but it's your job and so you do it. If you don't want to have to go up against armed shooters, don't become a cop. Don't go into law enforcement and don't go in there apparently being unwilling to do what's necessary. And by the way, as we said on the on the, the damage report this morning, uh, I don't want them to be facing these sorts of situations. I don't want them to have to go up against someone wielding those deadly firearms. Then help us become allies, cops everywhere could go on strike until there's common sense gun regulation. If they don't want people to have uh, armor piercing bullets and high capacity magazines and weapons like AR 15s and AK 47s and all that they could make it an issue that the right wouldn't be able to run from. But unfortunately, they generally haven't been our allies in that. And so we end up in this position where they'll be going up against people with weapons at least as deadly as their own. But we still expect them to do their job.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing that that's where 40% of the all day uh, that area budget goes to law enforcement and that's what they're spending it on uh, having as much artillery as it's public and citizens have despite the fact that the citizens don't need it. Uh, there is nothing militarized that needs to be necessary about our civilian population. Yet by virtue of having these guns readily available and accessible to people, it's going to continue to create these situations where law enforcement are afraid to go against civilians because they are militarized and armed. And it's just this cyclical sense of nonsense. And it is something that we have people who could be held accountable for them uh, for this situation, including one of them who is the Department of Public Safety, the director Steve McCraw. And this is his picture here. Now McCraw told reporters that 40 minutes to an hour elapsed from when Ramos, the shooter opened fire on the security officer to when he was shot. Although a department spokesperson later said that they couldn't give a solid estimate for how long the shooter was in the school or when he was killed. McGraw said quote, the bottom line is law enforcement was there. They did engage immediately. They did contain Ramos in the classroom. And what we're definitely seeing now out in the public is this effort to uh, rehabilitate law enforcement, to show that they are useful and utilitarian in this moment where you do have an active shooter. We've seen this, we have a New York Times article that just came down this morning. Uh, that is something that kind of says the police officers did their best and that. They were the ones actively working and they even start the article by saying that most of the children were already dead by that time. Yeah. This is disgusting, John.
1: It just seems like like I I don't know what it's like I I you know as bad as all this looks I feel this probably needless self destructive need to not be overly judgmental before we know literally everything even acknowledging that the cops have actively deceived people about multiple elements of the story already um, I don't know exactly what it must be like to to know that you're supposed to go in there and apparently not be willing to do it. But the 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 feeling coming out of this, it just seems like the cops were so largely irrelevant. It yeah. seems like the shooter did basically what he wanted. Maybe he had grander plans. I, I don't know, it's impossible to say. Um, but we, we, we should be able to expect, especially considering the massive amount of resources that are going into these police departments so that they can handle a situation like this. Absolutely,
0: and unfortunately we are going to see more
2: situations like this until there's change. So we know about six hours away in Richardson, Texas,
0: that police arrested a high school student on Wednesday after he was allegedly walking to a local high school with a rifle. Now the incident took place at LV Berkner High School, here's the picture here. And here's how it went down. So Richardson police received a phone call from a business in the area reporting a male holding what appeared to be a rifle while walking toward the school. Now after a search was initiated, officials were able to learn that the male was a student of the school. And here's what WFAA staff reported. The suspect was located but no weapons were found, uh, presumably on his persons. Police located the suspect's vehicle in the parking lot and inside officers found what appeared to be an AK 47 style pistol and a replica AR 15 style or B's rifle. The student was arrested and charged with unlawful carrying weapons in a weapon-free school zone. Now, these charges definitely are going to be at the felony state level, so there will be some severe consequences, but you also have to ask yourself, how did this young person, this child get these this weaponry that shouldn't be available to citizens no matter? what age they are, uh, Richardson police said that no other details will be released about the suspect due to his age. Again, he is a child, Burkner High School and nearby Spring Ridge Elementary School were placed on lockdown protocols during the incident. And according to a letter sent to parents, Burkner was on secure and then lockdown status for 50 minutes. And in the aftermath, while well, the Richardson Police Department, all they did was post on Facebook, encouraging that the public stay vigilant and report suspicious activities. This is, again, a day after 19 children are massacred and murdered and two teachers at their school. This is a problem. Texas is a problem. These lax gun laws are a problem. John.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I feel terrible for everyone in the school. As soon as they hear anything about a lockdown, they're terrified that it's happening at their school. Um, Many of these kids will have already had that fear. There will have been some sort of threat or something will happen that makes them think that they're just the most recent shooting targets. And so when the parents hear about it, they've got to be terrified as if all of the parents in Texas aren't already terrified. Think about being a teacher in Texas this week, having to go into school the next day being terrified of what can happen. I have members of my family that are teachers in public schools in Texas that I can only imagine how terrified they must be. In this case, we don't know exactly what the, the person's objective was. Apparently, we're not gonna find out. But in terms of the law, there's a couple of aspects of this that we can talk about. He, one of the, the crimes that he's apparently being charged with uh, is bringing guns into a gun free zone. Well, all the right is saying these shouldn't be gun free zones. So if they had their their way, He wouldn't be able to be booked on that. He would be able to walk in with the gun and apparently it wouldn't be considered um, a problem. And now that he's done this incredibly suspicious thing, we don't know exactly what the purpose was. But it was an incredibly suspicious threatening thing. Should he be barred from owning weapons in the future? I think that seems like a pretty safe precaution. You know, have them be screened by a psychiatrist or something like that. But the right wouldn't want them to be barred. They don't support red flag laws, they don't support people being barred in these sorts of situations. So, again, they would, like in this case, the cops and whoever gave the tip, the system worked, but they would disarm them from the tools that they have right now, and they wouldn't use this information to stop violence from happening in the future.
0: No, they wouldn't. And also the fact that this is a kid that's carrying this weapon. Again, we have these young people with access to these deadly weapons that shouldn't even be accessible at the civilian level to begin with. We do not need this militarized state and having these citizens with this warfare material because that kid shouldn't even been able to buy them. And he probably didn't. So how did that kid get them? The thing is that we need to remove these assault rifles from people's possession because. Essentially, people don't know how to act. We can't have them
2: because we don't know how to act responsibly with them. What we see is that the same morning as or actually, excuse me, the day after once again,
0: as we saw the shooting in Uvalde, that children were being shown this AR-15 style rifle just about five hours away. And this is the same type of gun that was used to murder the 19 children. Now these images, they were reportedly shown to a Fort Worth elementary school for career day. This is what we know per the Star-Telegram. According to a Fort Worth school's employee, a Tarrant County Sheriff's Office deputy presented during a career day event on Wednesday morning at EM Daggett Elementary School. The presentation appeared to include pictures of AR 15 rifles, according to a photo shared with the Star Telegram. In the photo, an image of a poster titled A Liberal's Guide to the Deadly AR-15 is highlighted on Google Images. The poster describes the different components of the rifle. Also seen in this photo is a tab open to the Tarrant County Sheriff's Office website. Wow, wow. Now, who runs that Sheriff's Office? It's this gentleman here, Sheriff Bill E. Wayborn. Now, a spokesperson for the Sheriff's Office said that the deputy's presentation during career day at this elementary school didn't include anything about AR-15s, but that further information on the incident wasn't immediately available. Really? So essentially, the things that we saw, we didn't see. That's that's really interesting. Huh. That whole gaslighting—you didn't see it, principal. Um, and speaking of principals, but in a whole different spelling. What we definitely know is that the leadership there at Dagnant Elementary School has apologized. The principal is Kendall Miller, that's his picture there. And how did he handle the situation? Well, he wrote a statement to parents that said he was informed that one of the presentations by a local public safety agency included information that was not age appropriate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. now apologizing to parents, Miller said in light of recent events, the officer's presentation was insensitive not suitable and not condoned by Dagnet Elementary and the Fort Worth ISD. Now Miller said that the school is taking the incident seriously and working with staff to prevent it from occurring again. And the school didn't provide any further details on the incident. But what more details can you need? That officer was well aware that 19 elementary school children had just been murdered the day before with an an assault rifle. So and now deciding to show this to children on career day, it's not even just poor judgment, it just seems insanely callous. And it it really just tells you that this is the mentality of those who are supposed to be serving and protecting, John.
1: 100%, yeah, yeah, my, like my knee jerk reaction is to say, how could you have not thought to take this out of your presentation? The week of a shooting with that style of gun. But that that is even a crazy person to say because that implies that all of the other dozens of school shootings this year, the hundreds of school shootings in the past few decades, that shouldn't have served as reason enough to not do something like this. It's it is just fundamentally insane to put something like that in there. And and then the added layer of the the political thing of the liberals' guide to it, sort of mocking, like, oh you liberals you're scared of this stuff just because you don't understand the components of it if you understood the accessory rail along the top or if you got you know what a pistol grip was or if you knew you know the capacity of the different magazines then you wouldn't be scared of this um no, I don't think so, I've uh, I've owned guns, I've shot many guns. I actually know quite a bit about guns, I've played Call of Duty. Uh, I also know what they do in practice. You don't necessarily need to know exactly the difference between an automatic and a semi automatic weapon. Um, you don't need to understand exactly how a bump stock works or any of that stuff to be horrified by the fact that criminals are going out and buying these weapons because they understand that they're the most deadly weapons. They know that they can kill the most civilians in the smallest period of time. And they do it again and again and again. There is no PowerPoint presentation that you're gonna put together that is going to eliminate those indisputable facts. That this is the weapons that people will use so long as they're legal to kill as many people as they can.
0: No, absolutely. And also remember this is career day. So what's the career? What? You're, you're using this weapon to show people how cool it is to be a cop. To be able to have this firearm that is used for nothing but taking a life. Like what what is the career here? I, I don't understand. What are you indoctrinating these children about other than um, showing them something that was used to kill kids that look just like them or who are just as young as them. Just a few hours away the day before and it's probably a reason why their parents were a little bit reluctant to send them to school that morning. Come right. on. what? What is going on here and what is law enforcement doing about it other than nothing? And I feel like that almost comes full circle to our initial story opening up the show in terms of what was done. And the unfortunate part is when it comes to lawmakers and legislature, nothing will be done. We have to have to change the way we operate as a society. Otherwise we will continue to die and we'll continue to see our young people die. Yeah. All right, we've got more stories for you coming up
2: soon as Dr. Ritchie says, stick and stay. Oh, welcome back to Indisputable, it is Adrian
0: Lawrence filling in for Dr. Ritchie and there is something big coming up in June, which you definitely should keep an eye out for because I will be there. That's the LGBTQ. Pride special. We're going to kick off Pride Month with our annual LGBTQ Pride special on Tuesday, June 1st. Join a panel of hosts and guests, which includes John and myself, including Margaret Cho. Also, we have River Butcher, Plastic Martyr, Jason Carter, Ben Carollo. Ravana and laverne cox and many more to celebrate pride and to discuss crucial issues and threats facing the community today and we want you to tune in at 8 pm eastern 5 pm pacific on tyt.com slash live or youtube and you can also as part of the pride special shop tyt. And we're donating 100% of the profits to the Trevor Project. So be sure to check out our pride collection at shoptyt.com. Now let's go ahead and check out what you all had to say uh, about our stories earlier, which uh, they got me pretty, pretty worked up and upset. So first uh, about the cops standing outside, well, Jacks Drax says while that monster was murdering their children inside the school, these monster cops only made the parents suffering so much worse. Absolutely, that video is just, it's horrifying. And I couldn't imagine as a parent not being able to go in uh, and save your child or at least hold them uh, for 40, 50 minutes. I couldn't imagine what they went through. Uh, about the kid bringing the gun to school, Chris Mosier says, "How many times do we have to do this until gun control? For real though, exactly. Yeah, no other country has it like this. It's just, it's ridiculous." Um, about the AR-15s, well, Mike Boy Rap says, "You guys want to get back at people bullying you? Yeah, it's a good question because so many children out there unfortunately have access to guns that they should not have access to, and as a result." We all live in fear because nothing is being done, but hopefully there will be change ahead. Regardless, it seems that there is something that will always be there, and that is a Karen. I definitely wish a Karen would.
2: You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a in, Sunday. You're, you're I feel so right. Back off. I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life.
0: Wow, talk about a little bit scary, a little bit shaky. Where this uh, Ted Danson look-alike is banging on this woman's car and trying to access the car doors, and you can hear that there's a child inside. Yeah, mm, this person definitely has some issues, and those issues continue. Watch this.
2: Let me just ask you a question. Why did you do what you did? Huh? Why did you almost run into me? Are you stupid? You must be stupid. But you sure don't know how to drive an automobile. Do you know what you you realize what you did? Do you know what you did? Do you know what you did? Huh? You can stop. Mm, I don't like this. Do I say this?
0: That man has a lot of problems without question. Uh, The fact that he is again trying to get into her car, there's clearly a child in there, which I'm sure he can see. But also, I don't understand people who take it so personally when you drive. It's not like that person, that woman driver was targeting him in any form or fashion in terms of hitting his car as he accuses her of. Uh, I find this insanely disturbing, you John?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know exactly what happened before the video. I mean, that's always the case with videos like this. But in this case, let's assume that what he is presenting is totally true. That she did something stupid or boneheaded or whatever that nearly caused an accident. In that generous interpretation of the pretext of this, she's in the wrong and he decided, no, I wanna be in the wrong. I am going to be the person who rather than just maybe accidentally nearly causing an accident, I'm going to do property damage. I'm going to at least imply that I want to physically assault this woman by, he didn't just kick the door or whatever, he tried to open it. You heard him, that is psychotic. He is he is threatening her physically. He has seen, he's walked up and back multiple times with the car. He sees that there's a kid there. And he thinks what I need to do to prove how she was dumb is I need to beat his mom in front of him. What? Like you're being taped. How does none of this penetrate people? The insane way that they're behaving, the fact that they're bystanders seeing it, the fact that you're being taped. Why is none of that enough to make people act right anymore?
0: No, and it really does show that lack of just um, regard in any way. People are—they're off the hinges. This is so incredibly disturbing that this individual is responding this way. Number one, it's just a car. Number two, this is why we have insurance. And number three, again, it's not like she was like, let me go find Joe Bob, Ted Danson and lookalike and go hit his car. No one targets anybody like it's so rare specifically when it comes to car things. Do not take it personally. And it seems that this person again, like you noted, John is trying to take it to a whole different level of feeling like there's something like it's a personal attack on him. Um, I don't know, I don't understand these people. But that Mel Karen is extraordinarily problematic. And we do have another man out there who happens to be quite problematic to the tune of a few million. There was a man who posed as a doctor on a dating platform. And what he did was con women across the country into giving him money. He also looted away with luxury items and their bank info. But good thing is that he's been caught. This is the gentleman Brian B Wedgworth. He's the one who posed as an MD pleading guilty to wire fraud, mail fraud, money laundering and aggravated identity theft. And it just, you know what, I'm just gonna be petty and, and pause here before we go into details. But he, hmm, I'm just looking at that photo and it don't do it for me. I don't care what kind <laughs> of acronyms you got at the end of your name. It's no way I'm giving you my SSN, my bank details. Like you ain't even fine like that. Like. Please. I don't know. I, I know I know men aren't your thing, but John, am I wrong?
1: Yeah, look, um, I, I've been I've been catfished and scammed by a lot of people, but I make sure that I'm discerning that only really hot people catfish me. Uh I so I don't understand. I feel terrible for the people. Um there's been a lot of there's there was a show on I think Hulu about a guy like this that had been doing these sorts of scams. And I feel bad for these people because it's a combination in general of people who are just so desperate to find someone that they can get snared into this. And and in this case, as you're gonna go into the people who are also economically desperate, like it sucks that in these difficult times you have people willing to make it even worse to go out of their way to target people who are already having such a hard time that feel cut off and lonely that don't have the resources to target those people is like a special sort of evil.
0: Mm, Well, damn sure is evil, but we do know this according to the New York Times that Mr. Wedgeworth pretended to be a physician and a surgeon who attended schools like John Hopkins University, Harvard Med University of Penn. Uh, He allegedly developed romantic relationships with women he's suspected to have conned with his wiles. The 46 year old man received Rolexes, Super Bowl game tickets and bank info from his victims and used an array of false names. Wedgworth reportedly told some of his victims that he was part of the Kappa Alpha Phi fraternity as a number of the victims were members of sororities. He also promised to pay off their loans and other debts so that he could obtain their banking information and SSN. This Casanova scammer as he was dubbed by law enforcement officials made his false claims on websites like match.com, Christian Mingle and elite singles. Where he stole 1.3 million, possibly even more from over 30 women between 2016 and 2021. Now again, 1.3 milli for a man who says he is a surgeon and a doctor and went to these IVs, and yet he needs. Yeah, Um, it's just I don't know. It's remarkable because again, it's not. It's like fix your face. It's not even working for me. You're not Idris. Like it's not. I I just don't get it. Did did women really want to marry someone with the acronyms behind? Their name so bad that they were willing to part with all sorts of you know financials to be mm-hmm. close to this person. I, I feel very, very bad for them. and believe me, i've I've dated my fair share of losers. Um, but it's never gone <laughs> into seven figures, John.
1: you never never sent any Super Bowl tickets or anything like that?
0: Oh no. oh no, no, no. no.
1: No. <laughs> okay. In that in that other picture that they put up as B-roll, I think that's a slightly more flattering photo. In in the one that we keep going to, it's got a little bit of that like shooting up into the chin thing. You don't want to do that. You're not. How did he get a 1.3 million with an angle like that? Throw some filters on it or something, man. But I love the idea that he like apparently went to like CVS to buy like or maybe like I don't know, Party City. To buy like a fake doctor's code or something. He probably <laughs> like considered, should I have a stethoscope or is that going too far? But anyway, look, what we need that would that would maybe help solve this problem a little bit and would help a lot of other problems is fundamentally people need to understand some sort of core security stuff for how to go about online in terms of using email and you know dealing with all these scammers that are popping up on text messages these days. A lot of people just don't necessarily understand, they don't They don't know how to identify cons and to weed them out. And even teaching people that is not gonna fix everything. Again, some of these people are very desperate and so they're willing to ignore that little voice in their mind that says this might not be what it seems to be. But people do need to understand that you should not be sharing your social security number and stuff like that online. It's just not worth it, not even for this hunk.
0: <laughs> Especially somebody you have not met, you don't have as bona fides, like all of these things that should tell you. And believe me again, I have dealt with some trolls before. People will manipulate you and lie to you. Yes, but there should be a limit. You're absolutely right. Like protecting your SSN with your life, since it is a key part of your life, and also your banking info. Um, you know, I definitely feel bad for these women, and I'm really glad that law enforcement did something about it. Uh, but the chance of getting restitution from him, I really do not know if that's possible. I would have also loved to see him be prosecuted for faking to be a doctor, because it's my understanding that that is illegal, just like claiming to be a lawyer and not being one. Um, that you know, people want to protect members of the public, and this individual, it's just, it's, it's sad that he would do this, especially as you mentioned during a time when a lot of people are struggling. But you know. All I'll just say is based on that picture, he gonna be on the struggle bus forever. So, well, I hope these women (laughs) that they're able to recover, recoup and to get the love that they deserve from a legit dude. Mm -hmm. And I will give you more love in terms of the news when we come
2: back, as Dr. Richie says, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's Indisputable with
0: Adrian Lawrence and John Iderola. And we definitely wanna hear from you. And fortunately, we have some things from you. As far as that Ted Danson lookalike with the male Karen attacking the family car, Drencher Dragon says, damn, people needs to chill. That's right. And he also <laughs> really needs to be incarcerated or medicated and or both. I'll take them. Mickey, see the silver haired dragon says, wait, you almost ran into me. Given his reaction, I thought she did hit him violent, dangerous lunatic because she almost hit his car, could not agree more. This is someone who is right near the edge of exploding. And thankfully, she had her car door doors locked again. She had a kid in the car, you could probably see that child. Uh, For the Florida man that conned women out of 1.3 mil, uh, well, Bama Raider 12 says, I'm just a poor doctor, give me money. Yeah, that's right, I'm a doctor too, I, I got a doctorate. Um, I would like to think I could save lives. So if you want my PayPal, my cash app, hit me. Uh, <laughs> Calm like a bomb says, doctors got lots of student loans. Hell yeah, they do, but also surgeons, please, they're getting paid lots of money. Lots and lots of money. So." Uh, yeah, either way, it, they should not have been contributing to uh, that gentleman there, especially with the optics, but I will leave it there. And speaking of optics, let's talk about an eye doctor out in Michigan who's being charged with federal hate crimes for targeting black people by leaving a string of threatening notes and nooses in his wake. This is a gentleman Kenneth Polan. He's a local optometrist who's charged with six counts of interfering with federally protected activities for incidents dating to June and July 2020. The height of the nationwide protests following George Floyd's death. Now, Palan targeted a mixed race couple by placing a noose in their truck with a note attached saying accessory to be worn with your Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Polana also left four nooses in store parking lots and a fifth noose was left inside a 7 11 store and each noose contained the same message. An accessory to be worn with your BLM t-shirt, happy protesting. Now Polana also allegedly called nine Starbucks stores in Michigan and told employees answering his calls to tell fellow employees wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts the only good n-word is a dead n-word. And he also reportedly told a Starbucks employee, I'm going to go out and lynch me an n-word. That's according to the Atlanta Black Star. So after Pallon was finally caught, again, this man is a doctor, an optometrist. Pallon was charged with willfully intimidating and attempting to intimidate citizens from engaging in lawful speech and protests in support of Black Lives Matter. It's a misdemeanor charge. It carries with it a fine and possibly up to a year in prison. I can damn sure tell you. That that is a slap on the wrist, it ain't a damn thing. He should have been charged with all sorts of offenses because clearly he is threatening death upon these people. He's doing more than just attempting to intimidate citizens. He's actually intimidating individuals. Also, hey, isn't this a terroristic threat? what you are giving, but uh, hey, that's in law enforcement and prosecutors discretion. And clearly, as we've seen before, they don't often find themselves really on the side of marginalized groups exercising their first amendment rights, Uh, John.
1: Yeah, it it definitely seems like a slap on the wrist. I I don't know for sure, I'm not a lawyer, I only play one when I catfish people online. But um, it seems like this is the sort of thing you do in the lead up to killing someone, a racially motivated Assault or murder. This is the dabbling that they do in advance of that to just let him off and let him go back to the, the dudes in the waning moments of his life. Do we think he's gonna have a sudden racial awakening and and stop harassing people? No. He's gonna he's gonna go out the way he's lived his life, being obsessed with black people. I guess. Can we can we go to his photo for just a second? um the the mugshot of this guy, because when i when I saw this, I thought, you know how they say that people start over a long period of time to resemble their dogs. <gasps> I feel like people also start to resemble their hatreds. This guy looks exactly like the sort of person that spends his time making little nooses that he like you should not be able to look at a person and predict exactly what their crime would be. Dude, get another get another hobby. You're clearly crafty. Sell stuff on Etsy. Why are you going around bothering people just trying to live their lives?
0: Seriously. And also, too, people protesting. The fact that he is this offended, why are you here? The fact that he is this offended <laughs> by by just individuals speaking out about a murder of a black man and that he feels that he needs to intimidate them and make them fearful for their lives. Like, and this individual's a doctor. He's an optometrist and I'm sure he has a practice of some sorts. His license needs to be taken away. He needs to be hit with a felony. This person is dangerous and problematic. And it really just the lack of hitting him with a felony shows the lack of
2: regard for black lives. Well, we definitely know that
0: this is something that happens too often when it comes to black women. So during an interview for the Harvard Chan School of Public Health series, Public Health on the Brink, well, Politico's health reporter Sarah Overmull. Well, she spoke with Senator Bill Cassidy, he's a Republican from Louisiana. And they talked about abortion, which led to her asking about the black maternal health stats in his state. I know that Louisiana ranks
2: very low, um, or I should say very high on maternal deaths um, amongst the states. So what do you think needs to be done there to improve that, especially if uh, forms of abortion or birth control could be limited in the future? Um, I'm not sure people are talking about um, limiting forms of birth control. Um, and and shall we say, if you're using abortion to limit maternal death, that's kind of an odd way to approach the problem. Um, but anyway, that said, Louisiana, about a third of our population is African-American. African-Americans have a higher incidence of maternal mortality. Uh, so if you correct our population for race, um, we're not as much of an outlier as would otherwise appear. Now I say that not to minimize the issue, but to focus the issue as to where it would be. Um, for whatever reason, people of color have a higher incidence of maternal mortality. Now to be sure there's different definitions of maternal mortality. Sometimes maternal mortality includes up to a year after birth and would include someone being killed by her boyfriend. So, I, so in my mind, it's better to restrict your definition to that which is the perinatal, if you will, the time just before and in the subsequent period after she is delivered.
0: All right, so first of all, this raggedy man had the audacity to say correct our population as in remove stats for our population. So that we don't have to factor in black people that we are killing after they give birth or before they give birth because we are too what um, maybe we just don't care about taking care of women and birthing people and so we're not providing them with the care necessary and also let's not forget about racism and health care which is something that is rampant and this this mr cassidy would know that why because he's a doctor and mm-hmm. can you believe that this is how
1: he would respond john yeah. So obviously the the like the correct.
0: <laughs> sorry, I didn't know the screen was <laughs> up. We got a cat up.
1: invasion going. He, he's
0: on. just oh, he's terrorizing me. So sorry.
1: It's just he he sees the face of Bill Cassidy and just loses it. And I understand that instinct. Um. So he says to, to correct for don't don't use that that terminology. The part that bothered me the most was the for whatever reason they have higher rates. I mean, mm-hmm. like for whatever reason. How would anyone be able to tell, why would anyone look into it? I'm only both a politician with an ethical obligation to protect the people of my state and also a doctor who should have a burning passion to understand why one community would be such suffering such worse healthcare outcomes than another. I mean, neither of those things are enough to get me to care, I'll just speculate Maybe their their deadbeat boyfriends are killing them. I'm just pulling that out of my ass because I don't care enough to actually think about this or do any research about it. Uh, so wait, how many is that actually the reason how, how many people are being killed by their boyfriends? Like did you bring that up for a particular reason or just a racist reason?
0: Exactly, it was nothing but racism spewing out of his lips. And the fact is that we know that the medical community engages in racism. And as a result of that, Black children and black women are more likely to die upon giving birth as actually being pregnant. So Cassidy's claims are nothing more than shenanigans and nonsense and they really show his ignorance which he is showcasing. And, but of course he claimed that they were all taken out of context and no he didn't mean this on Twitter. He said this individuals are cutting off and misquoting my statements highlighting minority health disparities to create a malicious and fake narrative. My entire conversation was about my work to address racial bias in healthcare and address high maternal mortality among African American moms. Yeah, sure, you know what Cassidy, it's clear what he said. No one took it out of context. The fact is you are plenty happy representing your constituents as long as their melanin count is low enough and you really do like to push racist rhetoric. Any last thoughts, John?
1: Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, let, let's say that it was just a series of miscommunications that all line up in a way that make it seem as if you're minimizing that. Okay, that that's possible. So then, what are you doing other than briefly talking about this to address that? Does it bother you that? In the absence of action, we're likely to see this disparity continue. What are you gonna do to have an answer to the question of for whatever reason? And what legislation, what actual policy solutions are you gonna put forward to do something about this, to fix it in your own state and nationally? Because this is an actual thing, it doesn't just exist in that state. John Oliver actually had back in 2019, a great episode of his show. Focused in particular on bias in healthcare, and in particular, how black women are mistrusted by their doctors, ignored when they raise their concerns, and how that leads to suffering and death. Well, it's been years from then. Maybe we could do something as a society to actually get into it. What do I know? I'm not a senator, but he is. So maybe he could get on this thing.
0: Yeah, that would be professional. That would also be helpful, but that's not what Cassidy's here for. Mm, figures. Welcome back, it's Indisputable with Adrian Lawrence and John Iderola. And we definitely wanna hear from you and fortunately, we have some things from you. As far as that Ted Danson look alike with the male Karen attacking the family car, Drenger Dragon says, damn, people needs to chill, that's right. And he also <laughs> really needs to be incarcerated or medicated and or both, I'll take them. Mickey, see the silver haired dragon says, wait, you almost ran into me. Given his reaction, I thought she did hit him violent, dangerous lunatic because she almost hit his car, could not agree more. This is someone who is right near the edge of exploding. And thankfully, she had her car door doors locked again. She had a kid in the car, you could probably see that child. Uh, For the Florida man that conned women out of 1.3 mil, uh, well, Bomber Raider 12 says, I'm just a poor doctor, give me money. Yeah, that's right, I'm a doctor too, I I got a doctorate. Um, I'd like to think I can save lives, so if you want my PayPal, my cash app, hit me. Uh, (laughs) Calm like a bomb says, doctors got lots of student loans, hell yeah, they do. But also surgeons, please, they're getting paid lots of money, lots and lots of money. So." Uh, Yeah. Either way, they should not have been contributing to uh, that gentleman there, especially with the optics, but I will leave it there. And speaking of optics, let's talk about an eye doctor out in Michigan who's being charged with federal hate crimes for targeting black people by leaving a string of threatening notes and nooses in his wake. This is a gentleman Kenneth Palan. He's a local optometrist who's charged with six counts of interfering with federally protected activities for incidents dating to June and July 2020. The height of the nationwide protests following George Floyd's death. Now, Pollan targeted a mixed race couple by placing a noose in their truck with a note attached saying accessory to be worn with your Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Polana also left four nooses in store parking lots. And a fifth noose was left inside a 7-Eleven store. And each noose contained the same message, an accessory to be worn with your BLM t-shirt. Happy protesting. Now, Polana also allegedly called nine Starbucks stores in Michigan and told employees answering his calls to tell fellow employees wearing Black Lives Matter t-shirts, the only good n-word is a dead n-word. And he also reportedly told a Starbucks employee, I'm going to go out and lynch me an n-word. That's according to the Atlanta Black Star. So after Pallon was finally caught, again, this man is a doctor, an optometrist. Pallon was charged with willfully intimidating and attempting to intimidate citizens from engaging in lawful speech and protest in support of Black Lives Matter. It's a misdemeanor charge. It carries with it a fine and possibly up to a year in prison. I can damn sure tell you. That that is a slap on the wrist, it ain't a damn thing. He should have been charged with all sorts of offenses because clearly he is threatening death upon these people. He's doing more than just attempting to intimidate citizens. He's actually intimidating individuals. Also, hey, isn't this a terroristic threat? What you are giving, but uh, hey, that's in law enforcement and prosecutors' discretion. And clearly, as we've seen before, they don't often find themselves really on the side of marginalized groups exercising their First Amendment rights. Uh, John?
1: Yeah, it's it definitely seems like a slap on the wrist. I I don't know for sure. I'm not a lawyer. I only play one when I catfish people online. But um, it seems like this is the sort of thing you do in the lead up to killing someone, a racially motivated. Assault or murder. This is the dabbling that they do in advance of that to just let him off and let him go back to the, the dudes in the waning moments of his life. Do we think he's gonna have a sudden racial awakening and, and stop harassing people? No, he's gonna he's gonna go out the way he's lived his life, being obsessed with black people, I guess. Can we can we go to his photo for just a second? Um, the the mugshot of this guy because when I when I saw this I thought you know how they say that people start over a long period of time to resemble their dogs <gasps> I feel like people also start to resemble their hatreds this guy looks exactly like the sort of person that spends his time making little nooses that like you should not be able to look at a person and predict exactly what their crime would be. Dude, get another get another hobby. You're clearly crafty. Sell stuff on Etsy. Why are you going around bothering people just trying to live their lives?
0: Seriously. And also, too, people protesting. The fact that he is this offended, why are you here? The fact that he is this <laughs> offended by by just individuals speaking out about a murder of a black man and that he feels that he needs to intimidate them and make them fearful for their lives. Like, and this individual's a doctor. He's an optometrist and I'm sure he has a practice of some sorts. His license needs to be taken away. He needs to be hit with a felony. This person is dangerous and problematic. And it really just the lack of hitting him with a felony shows the lack of regard For Black lives. We are very glad that you watched today's show and that we hopefully were able to keep you educated and informed. And I definitely hope that you continue to seek out information, particularly on the damage report where you Mm -hmm. can find John. And John, can you tell everybody where else they can find you?
1: Uh, Yes, uh, the damage report is on Instagram and on TikTok and on Twitter. You can follow us there. uh, And I'm at John Idaroll on all those platforms as well.
0: Yes, you are spectacular and I'm Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Ritchie and you can uh, check me out here because I will also be here tomorrow. And I'm on Twitter in the meantime at Adrian Law, Instagram at Adrian Lawrence. And thank you so much
2: for watching today. And